Welcome to Keeping It Real's podcast, where we believe in real hope, real love, and a real God. We pray that this message encourages you and builds your faith. ...and whistles and, you know, noise and nickels and numbers. It's about Him. Always was and it always will be. And if we, every time we come to church that we have this in mind, we're coming for God. God, it's, it's you and me. You know, I'm, I'm going to worship. I don't care how it goes, what happens. I just want to be in your presence. I need your help. I need your direction. God will not disappoint. Never, ever disappoints. Never disappoints, man. God is good to us. Hallelujah. Well, uh, we have some quick announcements. Don't forget, I think this Tuesday, tomorrow, excuse me, this Tuesday coming, we have uh, uh, Eunice Vargas coming, and she'll be ministering in the She Conquers uh, ministry right here in this place. I believe the out, that part's going to be used, so we'll probably be meeting in here. We. I'm always here for the women's functions for different reasons. But anyway, I want to encourage you ladies to come. 7, 7.30? The doors open at 6.30. Come on out. Bring somebody with you, ladies. It's going to be good. God's going to move as always and minister. You know how Eunice, uh, if you've never heard her minister, she's really good. She, she, wor- she works her profession, her, her uh, regular job, is she works with uh, abused women. And uh, really, man, she, she's really into it, you know, and, she's, and they live in Barstow, and there's all kind of stuff going on, and she got stories, but God really uses her. She's anointed and has something specific to say, so I want to challenge you ladies to come at 7.30, 7.30 Tuesday. The doors open at 6.30. Then, in our Wednesday service, you haven't heard her husband preach. That's my buddy, my old uh, Pastor Felix Vargas meat and potatoes, man. I mean, this dude is like just down to earth, real. And so that's in our Wednesday service. Our Wednesday service is always special. It's always good. And uh, a lot of people have been coming, get in touch, ministered to. And so I want to encourage you to come. Don't miss it. we got a guest speaker. And I know you get tired of hearing my stuff after a while. And uh, so I just want to challenge you, just challenge you to come and let God minister to your life. It's going to be a good time. So that's also at 730, and we're going to believe God for some good things. You can open your Bibles to Psalm chapter 42, verse 1 to 2, and I, I want to minister on a bunch of things, man. I, I, my, my mind is rattling and cranking, and you know, and, and uh, I don't know how to go with this, but I do know I want to minister on the Holy Spirit. You know, I've just come to the place. It's just... I can preach all I want, and, and hearing the word of God is good, you know, you know that, that transforms us, it challenges us, but we really do need, you know, the Holy Spirit himself. If there's going to be any real change in our lives, I guarantee it's, it's like you have to have the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the filling of the Spirit of God in your life, and without this, man, it's like Jesus... It was an absolute necessity. He, he, he commanded his disciples, he says, I don't want you, he, says, he gave them all these commands, I want you to do, go into all the world, preach the gospel, I want you to cast out devils, I want you to make disciples. He told them, he gave them all these commands, and yet right before he was being ascended into heaven, after the crucifixion, after the resurrection, he told his disciples, he says, but I don't want you to do nothing until you are filled with the Spirit. I don't want you to do anything. He's putting them, on, putting them on halt, man. He says, because you're going to need this. How many know that we need the Spirit of God to live this supernatural life that we're called to live? I don't know if you ever come to church and get discouraged. 
You know, a lot of times people come to, come to church and get discouraged simply because you're trying to live this supernatural life under your own power. You're, you're going to fail. You're not going to survive it. You're not going to make it without God's help. Be, living for God, enable, like the, we have to be enabled to do that. We need the grace of God in us, the spirit of God in us. And, and Jesus, Jesus told his disciples, he says, it's important that I leave. If I don't go, then the Holy Spirit won't come. He says, you don't get it now. He's, you know, Jesus says, I'm, I'm, I'm outside of you right now, but there's going to be a time when I am inside of you. And I'll be with you always, even to the end of the earth. And it was an absolute necessity for, uh, he, that Jesus made this point. He wants his people to be filled with his spirit, with the Holy Spirit. You have to have power. You know, you have to have a super, like I so said, we live in Southern California, man. There, I, I always say that. I said, we need grace to live here. You know, we, we need grace. We need God working in us. We need, we need God's help, protection, his guidance, his wisdom. We, God, help me with my appetites, Lord. Help me with the things that I see. Help me, Lord, with the people I rub shoulders with. God, I need your help. And so the help comes from the power of the Spirit of God in us, you know, and I'm not talking about salvation. Salvation, we got that one, you know, but, he, but there's, an, a, there's a promise of an infilling. There's a promise of an anointing. There's a, a promise of more of God, more than you would ever have before in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And so I want to challenge you along those lines. I want to believe God to speak to us, you know, and, and just help us. And because I know, like one of the things I, I, used, to, I used to pray a lot for people, for different things, different reasons. And then, uh, you know, some, I pray for miracles. And uh, sometimes I see people get healed. Other times I don't. I used to pray for people a lot, watch them go out in the Holy Ghost. And then I stopped praying for people because, you know, when people were faking it, you know, they're just waiting to go down. You know what I mean? That disturbed me. I, I want God to touch people, knock you out on your tail and love you and, and do all, I want all that, but I don't want anything fake in church. You know what I mean? Okay. But one of the reasons, but, but, to, but to, to pull back is not, it's not good, you know, because God does want to touch people, you know. And I used to, like I said, I pray for people to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost a lot. And, um, and it always bothered me when people didn't get filled, you know. So, and, um, but that ain't got nothing to do with me. Almost as if it was me in control of that, you know what I mean? Or, you know, there ain't nothing wrong with God. Um, might be something wrong with you, but ain't nothing wrong with us, you know. But the deal is, this is what I want to, I said, I, I, understanding the absolute 100% importance of this, I'm never, ever not going to pray for people to be filled with the Holy Spirit again. You know, whether you get filled or not, I just know what the Word of God says. I know what I experience. I know what many people here experience. And so it's important that we contend for that. Are you with me? That we contend and push in because I know I can preach my head off. I can preach everything. But I said, unless you experience God, you have to experience him. You know, and there's something about that. And so um, I believe, God, we're on the right track. And so I'll be praying for people more than ever before, you know, in our Wednesday service and Sunday service. Because like I said, there's things in our life that are a lot deeper. They're not fixed that quick. I may need a miracle. You need a miracle in your life. How many need a miracle in, their, in your emotions? 
Okay, God, we need miracles there, man. Okay, we, keep us from popping a cork, going crazy, and you know, <laughs> you know what I mean. And we we need that. We okay, the miracle in our mo- God says I, He's into that. He wants to heal us. He He don't want you to run into a pill or a bottle or a man or a woman. He, he said, you know, God, Jesus said He'll take care of it Himself. You know, and so He wants to help us. He wants to work the miracle inside of us that is needed. He's better than any psychiatrist, better than any psychologist. He's better than any, anything you can learn from a book. You know, he's, he's way better. Any philosophy, any religion. No, he, he is our creator. He's the one who made us and designed us. And, and uh, like I said, and we're incomplete without him. So look at Psalm chapter 42. And I like this, Psalm 42, verse 1. Psalms, yep, Psalms 42. Psalms 42, 42, verse 1. This is David. This is a psalm of David, and he's writing here. And this dude is flat out desperate for God to work in his life. I don't know if you've ever been somewhere where you just, you just empty and dry and brittle. You need lotion on your soul because <laughs> you got an ashy soul. You got an ashy soul. <laughs> the Spirit of God, he says, is oil. You know what I mean? The Holy Ghost is represented by oil in the Bible. And sure enough, man, you, need to, you got an ashy soul. How many here got an ashy soul? <laughs> Dry and brittle and, you know. You need, you need something to help you. And that's, that's what God promised to do. So David's in this spot, you know, and he's writing this. You know what I like about the Psalms is they're so emotional. You know, they're real, they're real emotion. If you ever think, you know, like I said, you, you know, it's real. It does something to me when I read this. I go, whoa, man. I, might need, I need a little of that emotion. You know, but David loved God. Had an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit, you know. He had revelation and understanding, and you know, like I said, and he had a bunch of issues morally. Mm, come on now. Morally, he was, he, dude, you read his story, he, he was a little whacked out, you know, but at the same time, spiritually, man, his heart and his mind, his affections was set upon the Lord, you know? And so, uh, let's see what he wrote here. He says, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul, uh-oh, let me, let me read it. I mean, I'm, I'm quoting that. It's, I'm, I'm looking at the scripture, and I'm reading it, and quoting it from my heart at the same time. And they ain't the same thing <laughs> as a trip. Ooh, man, that was good, Reg. Anyway, let me read it, what it says right here. Okay. As the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they continually say to me, where is your God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul within me, for I used to go with the multitude. I went with them to church. Mm. I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise, with a multitude that kept a pilgrim feast. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help 
of his countenance. Oh my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I remember you from the land of the Jordan and from the heights of Hermon and from the hill Mizar. We can stop right there, man. David's going through a rough time, a hard time, a dry time, a time. It's not good. You know, whatever, whatever's happening in his life at this stage, at this period. And one thing about life, there's ups and downs. There's ins and outs. There's some, we want the time when we're doing good. We want the joy. We want the victory. We want the celebration. We want the excitement, man. We all want that. Isn't that not right? Isn't that true? We want life to roll and to roll good, man. We don't want to have to go through any drama and any problems and any issues. And, and like I said, and especially in the Christian life, this is exactly what we want. But, but life has a way of switching up on us and things. It's not always all good. It's not always smooth in life. It's not always where we feel, you know, something. There's times, there's periods of time when you can come to church and it'll be where you don't feel, honestly, I don't know if you ever, maybe, maybe it's just me. You ever come to church and don't feel him at all? You ever, like, not just come to church, but you're home, and it's like you don't feel what you felt before, and it's just not there. But by faith, you worship him. By faith, you praise him. By faith, you pray. By faith, you read. By faith, you're coming. You're obeying God. You have a foundation. There, there are some boundaries around your life, and you know for a fact, by faith. We're walking by faith and not by sight, not by feelings, you know. But there's times when we don't. We're, we're pretty dried up. And, and, and that happens. And so David, whatever, whether it's a long trial, a hard trial, whether it's mentally, emotionally, or feelings, whatever it is, he's dried up. And he's crying out to God. And he, he says, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longeth after you. As a deer who is thirsty, he's been running and looking. He's in a desert place. And, and like I said, and, 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 and the animal is thirsty, and he's just got to get a drink. He, you know, he, David says, I'm like that. I thirst for you. I hunger for you. I need you. The only thing that will ever... Now, this is a king who has things and people around him and money and honey and stuff and houses and possessions, but these things are not satisfying at all. It's like, God, I got to have you. I have to have you. I need you to satisfy my soul. I need you to fill me. I, I need your presence. This is the only way that I'm going to live. I'm going to be alive. The only way, only thing that's going to oil my soul is your presence. And he's saying this. He says, I used to go to church with the multitudes, man. And I would go. I used to go with joy in my heart. I used to go expecting, but something has changed in his life. Something has happened. Something is missing, you know. I don't know how long this period of time is or what happened or why, but nonetheless, he's writing it down. He's singing it. He's saying it. We've been like that. I found out about us, or at least about me, is that sometimes we can, we can lose our appetite. We lose that, that, that hunger. You know what I mean? Because we're so full. If I said full of stuff, you know, I just preached last Sunday and I was talking about how Hosea married a hoochie named Gomer and got, you know, like I said it was supposed to be a picture of the way God married Israel and his love with Israel and, and like I said and he says he tells a prophet he says I want you to marry this woman right you remember the story the sermon then she keeps running away 
And in God's grace, he says, I'm going to hedge her in. I'm going to block you in. You know, because, you know, like I said, I'm going to hedge you in. And like I said, he's not going to let, let her out. Because she said that she would go to her lovers who gave her her oil and her wine and her grapes and all these different things. And he says, he says, and you seem to have forgot that I'm the one who provided these things. And so I'm going to block you in. I'm going to get your attention. You're going to dry up a little bit. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hedge your way. You're not going to be able to pursue the things that you used to pursue and do the things. You ever feel like God's got you boxed in to get your attention? He's got you boxed in for a reason. I don't know about you. When I came to Christ, it wasn't, I wasn't at the best of my sinner life when I gave my life to God. I was at the worst of my sinner life. I was done, dry at the bottom. I didn't, we don't come to God when everything is going good. We come to God when things are not going so good. You know what I mean? From a jail cell, we're crying, oh, God, I'll never do it again. Just get me, right? One of our problems is that we're full. We can become full of things. God can bless us, man, and and do some wondrous things for our lives, and we can kind of get used to it, and we can get so used to it, we can be like the people of Israel who, who got sick and tired of eating manna every day. Imagine supernatural food during the middle of the desert, and food would appear every day. A miracle from heaven, manna, angel food. They didn't have to work for it. God provided for them, and then they got sick and tired. I'm sick of this stuff. God's feeding you, blessing you, taking care of you, but you're sick of it. That's weird, huh? We, 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 we kind of get spoiled. We're spiritually fat. We can, we can get lazy. We, we become uh, dis discontent. We don't like this life that we have, you know? We want some drama. <laughs> God help us. We, we, we're full. And so we're so full of things, we lose our appetite and our desire for the things of God, you know? Hey, let's go to church. Ah, you know. All of a sudden, Ellen DeGeneres sounds better than coming to church or some program or some, something on a TV. Netflix. We call it chill. Let's just chill and watch Netflix or however you say it. Did I say it right? You're left. Netflix and chill. Okay, forgive me. I'm sorry. Hey, you know, I, I don't, you know, I'm just... You guys know what I'm talking about. This, I read this. This is our youth leader came back from Haiti, changed. He brought a freshly baked loaf of bread to the first service after his return and talked about how in Haiti, this would drive people crazy with its aroma. But for us in America, it's just a pleasant smell. The difference is we're not really that hungry. That's true. You know what I mean? It says in a place where people are starving and they're hungry, you woof this around, man. You might get beat up. You're going to get jacked for that loaf of bread. But, but for us, it's no big deal. It's no big deal. 
because we have more than we can imagine or we can think. And this is the problem. This is a dangerous position. And the Bible clearly warns us about, about the rich and the satisfied soul who has no need of nothing, no need for God. You know, like I so said, we forget, you know, we're not desperate. We're not hungry. We forget where we came from, how God lifted us up out of the mud, you know what I mean? And, and got us up out of that situation that we're in and broke the chains of the sin and the addiction and whatever was gone, God began to work that miracle when we cried out to him. But we can get to a place where we forget. And we're no longer hungry anymore. You know, a dangerous place to be. Matthew 19, 23 to 24, it says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Assuredly, I say to you, that it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And again, I say to you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And so Jesus, is nothing wrong with having things. You know, that's not the issue. He says, but, but he makes it really clear. He says, because people have a lot or, a, a, or have much. And, and it, like I said, they, they can barely make it. You know, like I said, they put all their confidence in what they have or their friends or their riches or their possessions or the house or the car. Or, or like I said, we can put our faith and our confidence in so many different things. Jesus says it's hard for a person who has a lot to make it into the kingdom of heaven. And believe me, you can look at yourself and say, well, I'm not rich. You know, I said, but I guarantee you, we got a lot more than a lot of people on this planet. And we have a lot going on. In Southern California, more than we could, that's going on in anywhere else. You know what I mean? And because of the, all the things that we do have or the things that are before us, our hunger for God can be, or actually no hunger at all. In Revelations chapter 3, Jesus is writing to the Laodicean church. And he says, his, his problem with this church, he says, he says, you're not hot and you're not cold. You're lukewarm. And because you and you and you're lukewarm because you say, I am rich and I have become wealthy and have need of nothing and do not and, and, and you do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind and naked. And you can read this. He's, 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 he's coming against this church. He said, look, you need to get your act together. He says, you have things. And, you, and it's like you said, you don't need anything anymore. There's, there's no desperation in your life, you know. And, and so for that reason, he says, I'm, you're not hot, you're not cold, you're lukewarm. And he says, because you're lukewarm, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. He says, it's, 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 I, wish you were, I wish you were totally backslidden. Then you could recognize how messed up you are. He said, that's better than being, you know what I mean? Because you think you're okay, and that's a dangerous place to be. This is why Jesus says, blessed, blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. There's something about uh, hungering for God. There's something about being thirsty for the things of God. There's something about uh, never, ever losing your appetite for prayer or worship or church or anything that's spiritual. In fact, uh, when spiritual things begin to turn you off, you need to start taking a, take a good look at your heart. When you no longer have an appetite, when you no longer, when you start losing your desire, you know, you start losing your, your you know, and I'm talking about just a desire to come to church and go through church things, but you really got to be careful when you no longer are in hot pursuit of God himself. That's when we're really in trouble. 
Second thing I'd like to look at is if you're not hungry or you do not hunger, this is only one step from, from disaster. In our text, it says, my soul thirsts for God. My soul thirsts. Something about being hungry for God. Do you know when you're in like regular food, you eat, and then we don't eat anymore. But when you eat the bread of life, when you eat the things of God, when you drink the water that God gives, does it not make you hungry for him still? The more, the, it's like the more God gives you, the more you want. And he doesn't mind, mind us pigging out on him. He, not at all. He says, hey, come and dine. Come and dine. I got a table set for you. I want you to press in. I want you to get a hold of me. I want you to press in. And, and if you ask, I'm going to give. If you cry out, I'm going to answer. Call unto me, and I'll, and I'll answer you, and I'll show you some great and powerful things that you could not even imagine, think, or believe. He's, he's, we, we, he's, he's, we're not supposed to lose this appetite, this, this desire, this thirst, this hunger. God can't give us what we don't feel that we need. If we, if we think that we're okay and we're full, there's a lot that God wants to do in our lives. There's a lot that he has to say. There's things he wants to show us, miracles that he wants to work. But if, you, if we think we're okay, then we won't cry out and we won't seek and we won't knock. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, give you a little, little, just a little doctrine here this, this afternoon. It says, in the Lord God for man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. This is what God formed us. I don't know, you can think, if you came from a monkey, that's on you. I'm created in God's image. That's the way I want to be looked at. You know what I mean? Uh, that monkey stuff, that oozing out of the ocean stuff, that evolution stuff, I just can't. You know, cavemen, uh, I'm not, no. The Word of God tells us very clearly that God created us. And when he did, he breathed into man and created him and made him a living soul. In fact, we're created in God's image. We have intellect. We think we function there's nobody else on the planet like us no one else in the universe like us we're not animals we don't just function and move by instincts you know what i mean and and, and so we 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 we're, we're different you know i don't want to get on the bandwagon about saving animals versus saving people but people are a lot more important than animals i mean anybody mad okay no we are yes no, you don't, because I'm talking. So, so anyway, so we're creating his image, and, and so God breathed, breathed into us, and, and we're different. We're not like everything else on this planet. The problem is when Adam sinned, the Spirit of God, ready, left him. The Spirit of God that was inside is now gone. 
because of disobedience. You know, Adam, God said, don't touch the fruit. Don't do it. The day that you do it, you're surely going to die. And, and sure enough, you know, people being people, doing what they want to do, God taking a risk, uh, creating humans who have free will, and we don't have instincts, and we obey him by choice because he wants real relationship. That's the way he created us. But when this happened, we surely died. And there was separation between us and God because of our sin, because God's a holy God. Are you with me? Just stay with me a little bit here. Okay, this is the way it came down. So with this separation, also we created this gaping hole in us. Now that we're incomplete, now we know we're messed up. We know we're fractured. We're not the way we're supposed to be. We're creating God's image. We're supposed to be different. Now we have sin. Now we have heartache. Now we have heartbreak. Now we have disappointment. Now we have pain. Now we have sickness. And not only that, but there's also something missing from inside of us. And we all search to fill that emptiness, that big gaping hole inside of us, man. This is, you know, and, and do, do we not try different things? I don't know about you, but I tried to smoke, snort everything that I possibly could to satisfy that. Maybe some of you might have been like me. You with me? Okay, sister up here in the front. I got you, pastor. I'm with you. Yeah, okay. That was my role. People try money, you can try education, you can try relationships, you can try all different types of things to satisfy the hunger. You know, like I said, we all want something. We're chasing something, we're after something. When you really get down to it, there's just something missing from our lives. Something missing. And what's, we have to admit what it is, and, and what it is when it's missing, it is, it's just God himself. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. If you eat the bread that I provide, you'll never hunger again. He says, I am the river of, I'm the, I am the water of life. Drink the water that I drink, and you'll never thirst again. He says, I'll fill that hole. I am that thing that you seek. He says, I'm the resurrection in the life. I am the life, is what Jesus says. Very clearly, without argument, he says, I am the life. And the life, you can read it in John. And the life was the light of man that lights every man that comes into the world. Without him, there's darkness. And there's emptiness. And there's hunger. And loneliness. And searching. And we're exploited. And we're taken advantage of that by demonic forces and by others. And it's very important that you and I come to grips with the fact that we have to have the Spirit of God fill us. We have to. Roll with me with this. I was talking about that. Now, the gospel message, the message that we preach, we talk about Jesus' salvation. He came out of heaven. He went to the cross. He died. He suffered. You ever think about how serious this is, Okay. If God had to step out of heaven to deal with the issue of sin, then it must have been, it must be a serious issue. Would you agree with me? If God himself had to say, you know, I got to do this. It ain't going to get done no other way. Steps out of heaven. The implication is so serious. If God has to take on the form of a man and live the life, and go to the cross, and resurrect, and do all that he did, then this is worth our attention. 
our full attention and dedication and commitment. Because God says, you know what? I got to do this. Otherwise, it ain't going to get done. My creation is messed up. My creation is destroying themselves. They're looking, they're searching, they're hungry, and they're not full. I'll give them my laws. I'll tell them what I want. And, and then even as he gave the laws and told and, 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 and gave us the instructions on how to live, and, and we have the, you know, like the, the commandments and all those things, and we still failed, and we failed miserably concerning those things. He says, you know, that's not going to work. I'm going to have to do it myself. The rules and the regulations is not going to cover it. My people need my spirit. I have, they have to be born again. They have to come alive. They're, the re relationship uh, uh, that they're searching for on this, in, in, in life itself uh, uh, is me, and I have to help them get to it. I, we, I have to bridge that gap. I got to fix this thing. They blew it. You blew it. I blew it, but God says, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to fix it. And so we know the story, he born in a manger. We know how he grows. We know at 33 years of age, he, he is crucified. We know that he dies. We know that he, he's resurrected. And believe me, listen to me. If you are going to be satisfied in this life, think about this. If you think you're going to be happy in any other place, doing any other thing, you're insane. Because he had to step out of heaven to make things right for us. And if we're not drinking the water, he said, Jesus, that, this means something to me right here. If Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life, it would be worth us paying attention to that. If he says that I am the bread from heaven, we might want to consider eating him, letting him satisfy our soul. If he says, I am the living water, we might want to drink from that well instead of drinking in every other club. You know what I mean? If we really want to, we really want to be, we're going to have, we need to drink from his well. Are you with me? That, you guys get what I'm saying, huh? Come on now. That's, this is what I'm talking about. It only makes sense. You can try every other thing that you want to try. You can do whatever else you want to do. But God himself said it. If you don't come to me, you're not going to be satisfied because I created you. I breathed life in you. That life was gone because of sin. Now it can be erased and you can be restored by the blood of the cross, the blood that Jesus shed on the cross. If you don't take advantage of this, that'd be your own fault. That's what he said. That's what he said, according to Reggie Green. My translation, plain and simple, man. I said, we, we have to do what God wants us to do. We have to come the way God wants us to come. We got to be careful that we don't lose our hunger. We don't lose our thirst for him. We don't lose our appetite. We can't let, ladies, look here. You know what trips me out? The story, what cracks me up? This story right here blows me away. And I've seen it a thousand times, being a pastor, whether it's a young woman or a young man coming to the church, you're doing good, man, or God touches your life. And all of a sudden, the boyfriend that you never had before pops up. 
the girlfriend that you never could imagine yourself getting pops up. Is there anything wrong with dating? You know, and no, 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 no. But the timing of it trips me out. All of a sudden, somebody to take away the very thing. You know, and I'll use, if I said it straight, it's like all of a sudden, you, you just met Jesus, and now you have this great distraction. You know, just blows me away how it happens. And I've seen it happen over again. And if it wasn't that thing, it was something else. I've seen people distracted, diverted, and, and sent off. They meet Christ, man. The, the best thing that could ever happen in their life. They're born again. Their eyes are open. They're forgiven of their sin. And all of a sudden, some other distraction comes in to draw them away from drinking at that well or from eating that bread. How about this? You're living for God? You've been living for God sometimes. You make a you ever make fresh commitments to the Lord? You know, we talk about pit bull faith all the time, man, latching on and holding on. You ever come to the altar? Oh, God, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to seek you. I'm going to pray. I'm going to discipline my life. I'm going to hit your word. And then the next day, the day after that, some distraction, some diversion, something happens, something creeps in, something robs you of that commitment that you made. That's not accidental. That's not, you know, that's the strategy of hell. Because if, if you keep your commitment, you, you know what's going to happen. You know what is going to happen. Your life is going to change more than ever before. You will be stronger. Your emotions will become stable. You're, you know, like I said, you're not going to be lost and lonely anymore. You know the closer you get to Jesus, the closer he's going to get back to you. Is this not true? The Bible tells us that it's a, when, you, when you're putting your faith and your hope and your trust in God, you're like a tree planted by the water. Your roots grow down deep. You bloom, you're strong, you prosper, you increase because of your, your relationship with God. The Bible says, Matthew 6, to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the th other things will be added unto you. Jesus gives us instructions. He says, hey, seek the kingdom of God first, right? What does that mean? It means if you're seeking God first, the kingdom of the earth, the kingdom of the world, the kingdom of darkness now takes a back seat. Are you with me? The, king, the kingdom of light, the kingdom of joy and peace and hope and righteousness, that's the kingdom of God. Jesus says, hey, seek the kingdom of God first and every other thing will be added unto you. Mm. But a lot of times we get it wrong, folks. We get distracted, we get diverted. Something else gets our attention, our affections, and this whole relationship with God thing gets a little out of whack. I'd like to finish with this. If you can handle it just a little bit more. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We need, uh, I don't know about you, when I, gave my, when I was first baptized in the Holy Ghost, and you can have your doctrinal thoughts and all that. If you don't know what I'm talking about, is a sign of being filled with the Holy Ghost is one when you hear Christy, I don't know if you heard Christy up here speaking in tongues. You know, it's just, it's not the tongues itself. It's, a, it's the proof, the manifestation of the Holy Ghost in a person's life. That's just one thing. There's a whole bunch of other things that come along with it that we're really after. 
But I tell you what, God says you're incomplete. He says you have to have the filling of the Holy Spirit. And I'm asking you this afternoon, are you filled? It's an absolute necessity for Christian living. Absolute necessity for us to live this life. And I remember giving my life to Christ. I, when I first heard someone, when I gave my life to Christ, I come to church, I don't even remember hearing people speak in tongues. And that was a Holy Ghost-filled church. Loud, wild, and crazy. All I know is I was a sinner, man, and I felt the grace of God and the forgiveness of God. I don't know about anything else that was going on in that church for the next few services I was at. I was just so glad that Jesus saved me. You may know what I'm talking about. I didn't care. I don't know anything else about anything. I wasn't raised in church. I didn't know God. And when I gave my life to Christ, I didn't care. Then when it dawned on me, I started looking around and listening to people. And, and my response was, what is that? I want that. What is that? I didn't know what it was, but I know I wanted it because if Christians are doing it, I want everything that God's people are doing. I'm a child of God. I want it. Whatever you're doing, Lord. When I heard about tithing and giving, what's tithing and giving? Oh, I started tithing right off the bat. Bam. I didn't have a problem with it. Why? Because God's people do that. Everything that God's people were doing, I wanted to do. I wanted to do. And so I heard him. And so I'm at the altar. I go down. I want to pray. I ask somebody to pray for me, uh, at, you know, for the, for the Holy Spirit. And, and I didn't get the Holy Spirit. But you know what? I knew, I, you know, what I'm talking about, I'm not talking about I'm not saved. No, I'm forgiven. Jesus is in my life. But there is an anointing. There is an empowerment. There is something. And I'm going to look at some scriptures real quick that God wants to give us a, some supernatural help. To help us live this life. And, and I remember going back to my room, after, like I said, after I didn't get filled and I was a little disappointed. You know, man, I, I want what God. But what it did was it forced me to approach God on my own, by myself, to cry out to him, give me what belongs to me. I'm asking God, fill me. I, God, I know what your word says. I seen it. I read it. They showed me in the Bible. And so that was enough for me. People prayed for me, believing me to receive, but it didn't happen. But I knew, I knew better than to just walk away from that because I know that God wants to give me this. Uh, and so I am seeking him. And it was there in my room that God filled me with the Holy Ghost. When, when I felt the anointing, when I began to speak out in another language, when God, when my mind changed, my heart changed, and it's like, here, I'm a brand new convert. But man, I was buck wild for Jesus Christ, believe me, after that. I was really different, and I preached, and I talked to people about Christ. I didn't know about anything. I just know that Jesus saved me, and, and this is all that I'm saying. And because of that, lots and lots of other people gave their life to Christ. And I hardly knew anything other than the fact that God saved me from my sins. See, that's the power of the Holy Ghost. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. When my friend came back, I remember my friend was, I was in the Marine Corps at the time and, and he showed up, my best friend, my homeboy from my own home state and town. We went in the Marine Corps at the same time together. We did all kinds, but he's, he's away on a deployment and, and I'm getting, you know, I got converted. My life was changed. He shows up. He's got all these exotic stuff he brought from other countries. <laughs> And I'm telling him, man, and it was, and imagine this, here's my best friend. I have to look him in his face and tell him I'm living for Jesus now. Without blinking, the boldness, the courage, 
which the Bible says that the Holy Spirit gives us boldness. I'm able to look at him in his face, challenge him about living for God and, and to give his life to Christ. And he didn't, you know, like I said, he didn't at that period of time. But there was many other people who I had to talk to about God. And when I did, they end up giving their life to Jesus. We need the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit to help you withstand temptation. You need the Holy Spirit to help to give you understanding and wisdom and discernment and, and to lead and guide your footsteps. I mean, don't you want to hear the voice of God? Don't you want to be sensitive to the Spirit of God concerning your life? Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. Matthew 3.16. I'm going to run these down because I'm kind of running out of time here. But it says, listen to this. If Jesus had to be filled with the Holy Spirit... What does that say about you? Okay. If he needed the Holy Ghost and the power of the Holy Spirit, then we definitely, we all need the Holy Ghost. Matthew 3, 16, when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water and behold, the heavens opened to him and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. You know, Jesus gets baptized. The Father speaks from heaven. This is my son and who I'm well pleased. Hear him. The Holy Spirit comes down looking like a dove. Not an actual dove, looking like a dove. Touches him, empowers him. If you read in other places in the scripture, he was taken into the wilderness and was, test and was tempted by the devil for 40 days. Luke 4, 1. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. He is being directed. He is being guided. He's being molded and shaped. That's, that's Jesus? Yes. When John, and, he, and he's doing this to fulfill all righteousness. It's the, an example for us. He, you know, like I said, Jesus had a flesh like ours, and he, 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 there was things you know it was an enablement he need from god the father and, and from the holy spirit and and if he does so do we jesus thought it was very important that his disciples were filled in john 16 7 he says nevertheless i tell you the truth it is to your advantage that i go away for if i do not go away the helper will not come to you but if i depart i will send him send him to you this is what jesus has to say about the holy spirit he says he will guide you into all truth he will tell you things to come he will glorify me he will take what is mine and declare it to you he says you need we need the Holy Spirit Jesus himself is saying this he's like you cannot live a Christian life without God and everything that God has to offer us to live this life this is why so many people live powerless Christian lives this is why there's so much up and down in and out so many struggles and and no breakthroughs maybe this is the problem right here Acts chapter 1 Verse 4 to 5, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. And here's the part. It's really, listen to this. In verse 8 of that same, he says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in Judea, and 
Samaria, and to all the ends of the earth. The Holy Spirit's going to come upon you, and you're going to receive power. Supernatural enablement to live for God and to do the things that God would want you to do. Are you into that? We need that, man. You can go on. I can give you scripture after scripture. One, another one says, the Holy Spirit even helps us to pray because we don't even know how to pray correctly. We're a little jacked up, folks. Come on. <laughs> we are a little jacked up. And we need God's help. And like I said, and there's nothing worse than religion. You know what religion is, right? Religion is like, you know, when somebody stinks and they should take a bath, instead they put deodorant on. That's what religion is. No, we got, we got issues. We stink, man. We need to be washed. We need to be cleansed. We need to be empowered, powered. We need this. We need God to help us. We can't, it's ugly trying to live for God without the Spirit of God. We go through all the motions, but there's no life. There's no power. There's no joy. There's no celebration. There's no hope. There's no expectation. And we, when the word, we don't even get the word of God. We don't understand it the way we should understand it. And then finally, I'd like to say this. I really do believe that sometimes God hides from us. He hides from us for the purpose of making us come after him, to want him, to desire him, to search for him, man. I believe God sometimes makes us hungry. He causes us to thirst. And there's people here today, and you're hungry, and you're thirsty, and you're struggling, and you need more than just what you've been experiencing. You know what it is? God says, it's me, more of me. It's more of me. It's all of me. And this is what God wants. He says, you can't afford not to thirst, not to hunger. You can't allow yourself to be filled up with Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, movies, Netflix and chill, Amazon, Disney Plus. Isn't it interesting? Everybody, those things are meant to sedate us. I just want to go home and relax. 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 Next thing you know, 50 years later, <laughs> you've relaxed. All right? Now, there's, there's, there's some effort here. You want to live? If you want to live, you're going to have to die. Die to what? Die to self, Netflix. <laughs> We have to die to some things. We're certainly, you know, you're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to you say, you know what? The bar of the church, the church of the bar. I have to make a decision. Her or him. Him being Jesus. Him or him. Big him. H-I-M, capital H-I-M. Jesus. I'm going to have to, don't, don't let me get on sports, okay? Which, which I'm saying, there's like a lot of things there's nothing wrong with, but it, it's when it takes the place of God. When it takes the place of the Holy Ghost, 
We, we try to find satisfaction in all these other things, man. And they're good things. It's hard to even, you know, things that in its right place, there's nothing wrong with it. The pursuit of money, the pursuit of education, and, and we got this, and we're doing that, and, you know, and we got our careers, and we got our jobs, and, and all along God says, what about me? And you're never satisfied. And then we drag into church. Drag in instead of coming in with victory. You know what I mean? I don't mind people coming in when they're dragging in. I'll take you every time. Come on in here. I know what to do. I know how to pump you up, put a Band-Aid on you, clean you up, man, and fix your hair up and get you looking good. For You know what I mean? I can do that, but you know, but how about this? There's another side of coming to church with the victory. We used to sing this song a long time ago. I know you don't. All day long, I've been with Jesus. Tina, don't nod. <laughs> Tina, we can go way back. All day long, I've been with Jesus, and it's been a wonderful day. I have climbed up one step higher in that good old gospel way. I've spoken words of kindness. Lord, you know if I've done wrong, I'll go back and make it right so I can testify tonight. That's when you used to have two church services on Sunday. You don't do that no more. I'll, be, I'll come back and make it right so I can testify tonight. I've been with Jesus all day long. You know, all day long we should be with him. All week long. We don't always have to drag into church and be fixed up, man. We should be bringing some other people with us who are messed up. And they see that you got the victory because you're living for God. And they want what you got. And so they're coming. And, man, what's wrong with you? How come you're always happy? How come your life is looking good? You know, why don't you come and see? Can you handle that? You know what I'm talking about? Let's get the victory. Let's get fired up. I'm going to pray for some people today. We're all going to pray. We want the Holy Ghost refilled, reignited. I believe God will fill somebody this afternoon and touch your life and ignite your life. We're desperate. Let's bow our hearts. Every head is bowed and every eye is closed. In the presence of the living God, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you for your anointing. I believe you today to touch your people, to minister to every need, spoken and unspoken, my God. Your people are honest. We've come desperate, my God. We may, be, may have been distracted and diverted, but we can see now. And God, we'll make choices, Lord. We will readjust our grip and our faith in you, God, we will, we will make choices and cast away things that hinder us from running the race that you've called us, called us to run. God, help us, Lord, to drink from the well, your well. Drink from you, my God. Help us to, to eat the bread from heaven. Help us that we're never sick and tired of the things of God, Lord. But I pray, Lord, as we draw close to you, our hunger and our thirst for you would increase more and more, my God. Make us addicts. Hallelujah. Make us spiritual addicts, oh God, where we have to have you. We have to go to church. We have to pray. We have to read. Not because someone's making us, Lord, but because we want more of you. We want more of you, Lord God. We want you and nothing else more than anything else, oh God. Father, I pray that you'd speak to every heart. Why every head is bowed and every eye is closed in this place today. If you are not right with God, if you don't know Jesus in a personal way, if you died, you know 
good and doggone well that heaven wouldn't be your home, today that needs to change. That needs to change. Hallelujah. I'm not talking about religion. I ain't talking about just going to church. I'm talking about a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You can have that. God hates religion. He loves relationships. He loves, he loves to have a relationship with you. He, a religion, that's not going to do it for you. You need more than religion and you know it. You need something to transform your life. You need an experience. You need to sense God and feel God. You need to be able to talk with him and have confidence in him. Hallelujah. You can only have that if you, only if you're born again. John chapter 3, verse 3 says a person must be born again to see the kingdom of heaven. How do you, how do you become born again? By asking Christ to come into your life. In, the, in this message, I was saying that sin is what, is what hurt us. Sin is what separates us from God. Sin is what, what, what kills our spirit. We're spiritually dead. But, the, but Jesus, faith in Christ make, will make us spiritually alive. June 27th, 1981, I was born again. I asked Jesus to come in my life, and he came in my life. There are people here right now, they could stand up here and tell you, on this particular date, at this particular time, in this service, I asked Christ to come into my life, and he did. And they can tell you how their life changed and was, and was transformed. Hallelujah. Your life can change. Your life can transform. You can be different. You don't have to be a sinner. You don't have to be strung out and bummed out and miserable. You don't have to be soil su suicidal. You don't have to be, uh, you know, chemical, chemical dependent. Your emotions don't have to be out of whack. You can find stability. Man, there's nothing like being forgiven of our sins. Nothing like knowing God in a, in a personal way. Hallelujah. Better than any boyfriend, better than any girlfriend. I tell you, Jesus Christ will satisfy your soul like no one else will if you let him. He loves you. He cares about you. And he wants to forgive you of your sin. Would you give him a chance in your life? Why, every head is bowed all over this place. Every head is bowed. You want to give your life to Jesus this afternoon. Slip your hand up and, and, and put, put it right back down. Put it up. Come on. Say, that's me. Say, that's me. I want Jesus in my life. This be, God bless you, sister. Others here, come on, you be honest and say, that's me. I need Jesus in my life. I want to be forgiven of my sin. I don't want religion. I don't want a game. I don't want some club, some clique. I want something real. I want the Spirit of God inside of me. If God doesn't help me today, I don't know what I'm going to do. Slip your hand up real quick and say, that's me. That's me. God bless you. God see you. Anyone else here? Anyone, God bless you. Another honest person. Anyone, another honest, come on. Amen. God's good to us. Just be honest. Just be honest. Let the Lord God help you. That's all. We're not talking, this is not, let God help you. You're here for a reason. God loves you. You're hearing what you need to hear. God is, wants to help you today. Hallelujah. Every one of you who lift your hand up, you got to do one more thing. I want to pray for you. I do. Get up out of your seat. Come on down right now so I can pray for you, please. Come on. This is not to embarrass you. We could care less about anything else on this planet except you. Hallelujah. Come on. We care about you. God bless you, sister. Stand right here. Come on down. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. There's nothing else in our church service that's important. Nothing. This is the most important. Everything else was just to get to this point. 
<laughs> Believe me. To get, what's your name? Amada. Amada. Who brought you? Who'd you come out with? Um, well, I came by myself. You came by yourself? Okay. God, bro- no, you didn't. God brought well, you. Yeah. Ah, no, I'm messing with you. Come on. If you, come on. I'm, I mean, if you're going to pray with me, come on. I want to, we're going to believe God. I got my wife here. I got my daughter-in-law here. We got, we got uh, uh, Pastor Bethel back there. Hallelujah. We're going to, pre- we're going to believe God and we're going to pray and we're going to ask God to minister and touch lives. Okay. All right. You know where you're at. You know where you're at. And it's the whole thing about this. You know exactly why you're here, how you got here, and God will work the miracle. If you came for him, he's here, and he's going to help you. you in your own sincerity, you're, talking, you're going to pray to God. I'm going to lead you in the prayer, but I just want to tell you, you mean it with all your heart to him, okay? We're going to take your time. We're going to pray for you. We're going to ask God to bless you, fill you with his spirit. And we're going to believe God to work a miracle here at this altar, which he is, because it's a miracle that you're standing here. It's a flat-out miracle. I don't know what you think about yourself. It's a miracle. You are a miracle. You're a miracle. You're a miracle. There's no doubt about it. You guys are a miracle. A miracle. There's a lot of people who just don't even hear the voice of God, nor do they respond, but here you are. You're a miracle. You're a miracle. I believe that. Bow your hearts. Pray with me, would you? You say, Jesus... Jesus. Please forgive me. Please forgive me for all my sins. For all of my sins. Come into my life. Come into my life. And be my Lord and my Savior. And be my Lord and my Savior. I, give my life to you I give my life to you. To serve you. To serve and to do your will. I make this commitment. I make this commitment. I make this recommitment. I make this recommitment to serve you. To serve. Thank you for loving me. For forgiving me. And accepting me. Just the way that I am. Help me to change and to be what you want me to be. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. In Jesus' name, amen. Now I want you to lift up your hands and I want you to begin to pray. I want you, in your own words, begin to talk to God. Hallelujah. Help me pray, folks. Hallelujah. Father God, speak to her. Give her direction and guidance and wisdom. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for this encounter. Thank you for this time. Fill her heart with your spirit, your power, your anointing. Work a miracle, Father, in the name of Jesus. Your blessing, your grace, the power of your spirit in her heart and in her mind. Father God, I speak to her emotions. I speak, my God, to her feelings. Father God, I pray you bring stability and strength. I rebuke the spirit of rejection. I rebuke every lie and every strategy of hell that works against her. Father, you will minister by your spirit, by your grace and your love. Father God, I thank you for the work you're doing. Thank you that she's here right now. Help my sister, God. Thank you, Lord, for your grace in her life. The work of your spirit in her heart and in her mind. The choice that she is making right now to serve you. The choice that she has made to accept you as her Savior, oh God. I pray confirm for her signs and wonders. Father God, the thing that is heavy upon her heart, even now, you would begin to work on. The thing that she cries out for you to do, Lord, you would begin to work on even now. Father, in the name of Jesus, her hope and her confidence is in you. Help her to focus on you, Father. Make you 
yourself more ready to her than ever before. In Jesus' name, that blessing and grace and faith and confidence in you. In the name of Jesus, your blessing, your grace, the work of the Holy Ghost in her heart and her mind. Oh, God, thank you that you picked her. You chose her. You called her, my God. You surrounded her because she is special to you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for your strategy and your plan, my God. The work of the Holy Ghost in her life. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray. Bless her and help her. Help her to serve you. Open her eyes, her heart, and her understanding concerning you. Work a miracle, Father, in the name of Jesus. A miracle, Father, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come on, church. Give the Lord a clap offering. Give the Lord praise. Father, we love you. We thank you, God, for your grace and your goodness. Hallelujah. I need everybody to stand up. I want you to stand while everybody's here praying. What I know about the Holy Ghost, what I know is that hunger or desire, desire precedes fire. I know if you want him and you ask for him, that he'll respond to you. I know that for a fact. There's no magic in this. There's no anything. It's just simple. All I know is I asked God to fill me and God filled me. But I do know that we need to set a stage. Hallelujah. Can we sing? I want, this is what I would like you to do. You get your mind off of everything else. If you're not filled with the Holy Ghost 
and I want you to begin to pray and begin to ask, I want you to sing, to worship, and then I want God to, I'm going to ask God to fill you. Hallelujah. If, I want you to come, if you can, you'd like to, I'd like you to come down to the altar right here so I really can pray for you. But let's begin. What song can we sing? Uh, fill me up. That's, that's good. Come on down. You need the Holy Ghost. You need God to touch you. I'm going to pray for you and believe God to really work in your life. Hallelujah. Let's sing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bethel, come on this side, bro. I need your help on this side. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, your grace, the power of your spirit. Hallelujah. Come on, let's sing this, church. You can sing it. I'll prepare the sacrifice. You provide the spirit. Hallelujah. Oh, God, in the name of Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a clap offering, church. Come on. Give the Lord praise from your heart. Hallelujah. Father, Lord, I pray, anoint us 
Fill us with your spirit. Enable your people, my God, to live for you. Enable us to serve you in the right way, the right spirit, the right attitude, my God. Work a powerful work. Hallelujah. Oh, God. We want you. We want you in our lives. Lift up your hands. Come on. We want you, Lord. We want you. We desire you. We hunger for you. We thirst for you, Lord. You animate our being. We are nothing without you. You are the living water. You are the bread from heaven. You are our everything, Lord. Our everything. And we cling to you. We hold on to you, my God. Oh, God, hallelujah. Fill us with your power. Fill us with your anointing. Fill us, my God, with divine ability. Help us to live for you, to serve you, my God, and to do your will. We need you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If I say, if I say the pills aren't working, would you let me pray for you? They're not working. It's not working. I'll pray for you right now. The Spirit of God will touch you. He'll work for you. He'll, pro he'll work for you. Pills ain't working. I'm not even going to ask you what the pills are for, what they're about. But the meds ain't working. God says he'll help you. He'll heal you. I'll pray for you right now if you come forward. Just come right up here. God bless you. Anybody else? God's speaking. He's speaking. Meds ain't working, man. God's going to help you. You believe that? 
I've never prayed for people like that before. Not me, not in that aspect. It's God. He knows where you're at. He knows what you need, okay? He knows exactly. He knows exactly. Church, I need you to lift up your hands to these precious people. going to believe God to touch you. God's going to help you. Believe God will help you? Lift up your hands. Both hands. You know, when you lift them up, you're surrendering. God, I'll give in. I'll, I'll, I'll trust you. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take the miracle. Will you take the miracle? Yes. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, I speak healing. I speak wholeness. I speak life and power, resurrection power into her spirit, into her mind, her feelings, her emotions. Father, in the name of Jesus. The pills ain't working, Lord, but you're working. You work every time. You don't fail. You don't fail. Hallelujah. Father God, I speak healing. Hallelujah. Father God, break every addiction in the name of Jesus. Every strategy of hell, my God, that hinders her and holds her back. I take dominion and authority over this in Jesus' name. I speak liberty and life and freedom in the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, in Jesus' name, work a miracle, Father. Work a miracle right now. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Say it, the pills ain't working. They don't work. Jesus, you work. You heal. You help. You give me hope. I thank you for the miracle. I thank you, Lord, for every good thing you're doing in my life, in my spirit, in my soul, in my mind. In Jesus' name, I will not worry. I will not be afraid. I will put my trust in you in the name of Jesus. Father, I speak blessing and grace. I cast down anxiety and fretting. I cast out fear and the strategy of hell laid against him that hinders him, Father, in this life, in the name of Jesus. The peace of God, I speak peace and the Holy Ghost into his life, into his heart, in his mind. Father God, I pray, work a miracle right now. Work a miracle, Father God. Strip away, hallelujah, strip away every false strength. Help him to lean on you and to trust you. And to believe you, Father, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. God is good. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a clap offering, church. God, we love you and we thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for all that you're doing in this place. Thank you. Hallelujah. God is a, God, you know, uh, man, it's just, we got to give God time to work in us. We got to give God a stage, a platform. We got a line. You know, we, we give so many other things, opportunities and chances. We try things, don't we? We try things and we do things, but how about, and I'll use the word, I'm only saying it for communication. Give God his chance. Give him his chance. Give him, give him his time. Set a stage for him to move. It, the, very simple what God wants from us. And I, I don't, you can find every excuse not to do this, but God will it always come back to this one thing. God says, it's without faith, you can't please him. 
And I ain't talking about a lot of faith. Oh, I don't have that much faith. You just use what you got. If you got the kind of faith that just makes you cling and hold on, you know what I mean? Just that, that's all, you, the kind that just makes you cling and hold on. Nothing more, nothing less, right? Simple faith. God's going to help you. He's going to give you what you're after. You believe that? You know what I'm talking about? Okay, to please him, it's just faith. God, I, I trust you. I'm, I'm going to look to you. I'm going to lean on you. I'm going to believe you. That's giving God a chance. That's setting a stage for God to move. That's it. And if you, he says he's pleased with that. His, his, his eye, he says he goes to and fro throughout the whole earth looking for those who are upright before him. What is upright with God? Faith? You want to get God's attention? God, here I am. I need a miracle. And God responds. If you could, just that simple, if you can trust him. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. Let's believe the Lord God. Give the Lord a clap, another clap offering as you go to your seats. Thank you for tuning into this week's message. We hope that you were encouraged and inspired. For more information about our church, visit kirchurch.com or follow us on Instagram at kirchurch.com.